Hey, this is Carrie from Wrap Your Head Around Silks. This is the Expecting Airless Podcast. How's it going, guys? I've missed you. I took a little break because I've been transitioning. So proud to announce I'm joining the Digitent Podcast Network, as well as my other podcast, Greener Grass. It's a health and wellness group, like-minded podcasts, mental health, exercise, uh, motherhood, prenatal, uh, lots of other podcasts there that are kind of, uh, you know, like-minded. So super excited. Also coming soon, I am rolling out my uh, new class called Roll It Out. It's going to be a live virtual 60-minute rolling classes. So self-myofascial release. So you in the comfort of your own home with your balls and rollers guided guided rolling with imbalances in mind. So live. So we actually get to meet each other. I fuse the the work I've done with actual body work, working on other aerialists and myself to come up with, uh, with these techniques. All right. So today's guest is Laurel Hennington. She is a commercial dancer, aerialist, and choreographer. When I say commercial, I mean working in Hollywood. And instead of the circus world, so it's kind of... uh, the other side of the curtain there. And she's toured with Pink, Katy Perry. She's the associate choreographer of um, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And she's an old friend of mine. Um, she's also just experienced her first pregnancy. She is a five month year old and sorry, a five month old uh, and all in the pandemic. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear her story and uh, we, we deep dive a little bit. It's kind of like we're just catching up <laughs> instead of uh, recording a podcast. And I did deep dive into the LA dance world a little bit and I've got links for you in the show notes so uh, we can take you all along with us. Let's get started. Hi. What's your name? What's your name? Bean. We call her Bean. Her name's Willa May, though. Hey. Oh, Willa May, beautiful. Baby. You got yeah. your baby. We got the baby. Biggest head <laughs> on a baby's body I've ever seen in my life. I've seen, Gigantic. No, I've seen some babies with that actual size head. <laughs> like some in life. How did they go home? I know, your baby got to go home. <laughs> baby oh my God, how freaking cute is your baby? She's going to be three. Uh, in a month, just crazy, because there was there's like yes. a black hole called the pandemic. Yeah, and it just swallowed yeah. everything. Where all the babies, all the babies came, <laughs> and then all the babies were in the house. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, my best friend's babies like have no idea what's happening. People come over and they're like, <laughs> you know, she's a pandemic baby, but she has been waiting this whole time to see people. She's so social. Oh. She's like me, her partner, yeah, yeah. My, my partner. Do you know Asa? <sighs> so Asa is, he's a musician. He's a drummer. And it's crazy that yeah. I only met him later in my life because he was like drumming for the, the floor. You've been with him for a while. Mm-mm. Four years, no? four years, four years, only four years. Only I only met him when I was like 41. <laughs> only. Yeah. <laughs> You know that 41 is young, right? Yeah, I know. But I didn't meet him like, you know, 20 years ago. But right, I, it's right. crazy that okay. I didn't because he like played, he played um, drums for the, the floor, like Carolina and Sasha for like nice. 10 years. Oh, yeah. Wait, I, I think I do know him. Yeah, you probably do. Everybody 
does. <laughs> I mean, he he plays for um he still plays for t- the Toledo show. You guaranteed saw him before you guys were a thing. Guaranteed. I, I just didn't pay me into like any attention. You've seen the floor. You've seen like Kero. You I saw know, the but I, I haven't. Right. Back in the day. I never paid attention at all. And then he started doing that like the very second that La Florida Sans closed. So I, no. I it, like we didn't see each other. The no. King King. <laughs> um. I was like, you know, I schedule these things. And then it was only until like five minutes ago. I was like, I get to catch up with L'Oreal. This is so freaking cool. I know. It's been so long. So long. So much has happened. So, okay, this this podcast is like, you know, recently I, I took a little bit of a break because I was like, I need to reorganize my editorial calendar. Like, I didn't know who I was bringing on and when. And I was mm-hmm. like going through my pe- people. I was like, who have I? Fuck. L'Oreal. I was like, how did I miss that? How did I? I was also in the house. Listen, I, I was pregnant. I, I announced I was pregnant. Uh-huh. And then no one saw me pregnant until all of a sudden there was a baby. So there's that also. Well, okay. So when did you find out you're pregnant? Like when, when was this in the pandemic? Um, so... August 3rd was our contraception date. August 3rd of, date of 20, 2021. Yeah, so here's the deal. So I was in New York doing Marvelous Mrs. Maisel from January 2021 until July 2021. Oh, that's a long time. Yes, six months. Were you so were you dancing? Were you choreographing? I was, I was assistant choreographer for Marguerite. Okay. And I actually flew on Maisel. So I had yeah. like an appearance. Yeah. I was a little Dorothy throwback for the show as well. Um, so that was really cool. It was, you know, fun to do a little something, something yeah, as well as yeah. work. And we had a blast, the best time. Miss my hubby, of course, because he was here working. There's no way he was going to come out there. Is he in the entertainment yeah. industry as well? No, not at all. Oh. He's actually a physical prep coach. So he does like diet, nutrition, fitness and physical therapy for all his private clients. Oh, I see. Okay. So yeah, he like, he was here working his tail off and it was like, I was there working my tail off. So it worked out perfect. He took care of the dog. Easy. So (laughs) before I left, right before I left town, I, you know, had my annual visit with my OB and she's like, you know, are you considering having kids? I'm like, yeah, eventually we want to have children. I'm leaving town. And she's like, you know, you guys should probably get started now. Because of your age, you know how they give you that, <laughs> yeah. that geriatric pregnancy. No, how geriatric are you? Where, how, how old I'm are 39. you? I'm I was 38. You were 38 I, I mean, at the time. Okay. Yeah. So like, she's like, you know, you might want to get started. And then I did a folic test. Everything's fine. I'm like, are you sure I should get started? She's like, you should probably get started. And I'm thinking, no way are we going to try this. I leave to New York, end up pregnant there for six months. You know what I mean? I was like, nah, let's see what happens when I get back. So, okay. So that six months was not supposed to be longer than six months. It was supposed is exactly six months. Well, she, you know, exactly. Right. Like, so is that the deadline? Yeah. (laughs) No, she's like, you know, for your age, you could take up to six months to get pregnant. And I knew I was going to be gone for six months. And I was like, why would I try to get pregnant before leaving town? Be by myself. Right. Right. Well, well, not by myself, but without my husband. Right. 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 I I wanted him to be part of it. And also I didn't know how I was going to feel, you know, you don't know 
what your pregnancy is going to entail. No. I told a horror story after horror story because that's what we do is we share our horror stories. So does she want to get in? No, she wants her cartoons. So we're going to go for the device instead of the TV because that's... I've been doing this podcast since... Like not quite two years and she's almost three. So back in the beginning, I just used to put her on my boob and it would totally nip it in the butt. And then there was, (laughs) there was a transition (laughs) where we weren't breastfeeding and that was also an S show Mm -hmm. because I don't have, uh, I, I, I choose not to have a nanny because I can just pull it off, Mm -hmm. but there's little moments. Mm-hmm. There's moments. Um, it's all good. Trust me. I have a nanny and it's still an S show. So <laughs> there's that. Like literally, that's why when I say I might have to go nurse my child, it's because he's exclusively boob fed. He will not take a bottle. He refuses the bottle. I can pump milk, unscrew it, to. put a nipple on it. And he goes, oh. okay. Like, I just no. fed him no. garbage. <laughs> Her too. She wouldn't. She would not accept it. And so th- it changes your life in such a way because you can't go anywhere with you're tethered. You're tethered. You're tethered. Yeah. That's why the nanny comes here. So I can like, I can run to the grocery store, come back and nurse him, go to the doctor, come back and nurse him. How old is he now? Clean <laughs> the house, come back. He's five months as of last year. Oh, Thursday. okay. I thought he was slightly older. No, you just yeah. had this baby five months. You just, he's, okay. He's still kind of a freshie. Yeah. Okay. This is, but yeah, I had that same thing. It was a while till she would let somebody else feed her with another apparatus. And it was, what's, what's, what's a while. Oh, I think I blocked it out, dude. <laughs> I, seriously. It's a mental block. <laughs> le- le- legit, go- legit until she started some baby food because, yeah. um, and it was also the pandemic. So where was I going? Mm-hmm. There's that. Yeah. No, I mean, I do want to do things. I've missed out on a, quite a few of my husband's, my husband's 40. So this is a, like a big year for him and all of his friends. Okay. Yeah. Right. I've missed out on several really large occasion birthday parties. Oh, bummer. Because it's like not baby friendly. Right. And I can nurse him and put him down to sleep if it's at night, but they're all parents. So everything's at seven o'clock. And the child doesn't go down until between seven and eight. So it, I, I've just missed already like several large birthdays. And I'm like, eh, yeah, that's it. That's my life. <laughs> yeah, that's how it feels for that's me. this year. I mean, in a pandemic too, it was different because she was like really in it. Yeah. But I, yeah. And I wanted to talk about that identity shift too, but I, I want to go back to the Let's go back to your, your uh, oh, the yeah. inception of right. the conception. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The OB telling me it's going to take up to six months. I knew I was going to be gone for six months. No way was I going to try to get pregnant at that time. So instead we waited until I came home and we hadn't seen each other in forever. Mm-hmm. So we did the deed mm-hmm. and we got pregnant the first try. So there was that. And we didn't know we were pregnant. Okay. We were just like happy to see each other because. Sure. I came home. Yeah. Um, and we actually took a vacation at the end of August. And on our vacation, I was like, I think I was supposed to start. Like I had all my supplies. Right. 
And I was like, there's nothing's happening. Right. No menstruation happened. So I went to, to get a test, took the test and it says I'm pregnant, um, which was really exciting for us. But also it, we had to kind of keep it under wraps because our, our mothers were with us on vacation. Oh, and yeah. you didn't want to say beforehand. Before I had a doctor. Right. Right. It. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. So I was like, and we were in Nicaragua. Who knows if that test was like legit, like whatever. So <laughs> like it could have been old. Like that's our COVID tests were old, whatever. Right, right. <laughs> so we did that and it confirmed we were pregnant, came home, spoke to my doctor. She was like, let me just go ahead and get you in, got us in. And she's like, you are six weeks pregnant. And I was like, what? So that put us back to the very first time. August 3rd. Magic. 2021. Yep. My hubby was super amped, as was <laughs> I, but I was also like, oh, this is happening. I thought I had six months <laughs> to wrap my head around it. It's like, no, you have those like nine and a half months to get it together. So, yeah. <laughs> so this is 2021. So the fact that you're on set for six months means that you guys are, you know, the, all the COVID protocols. The fact that you got back to work is great. Yes. Well, I was working like in the, like when we were deep in it, I was on set and it was gnarly. Because they hadn't figured like, stuff out yet. Oh no, they had, but it was, you have to jab a, a stick up your nose every single morning. Mm, mm-hmm. Nose swabbing. And then while you're in rehearsals and you know how intense rehearsals are, you're wearing a mask goggles and a face shield. And that is how you rehearse because they, yeah, it was back then, back then where, and, and they sit, they were doing it in like warehouses because they could vent them. Uh Uh-huh. So we were in like, like the stages were like warehouses. So they kept the doors up. So it's loud. It's constantly loud. They had the air running, pumping constantly. It was freezing cold. It's like, well, people are just going to get sick in general. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And we were all spaced 10 feet apart. So when you sit down for your break, everyone had an assigned chair. Oh, no. to go eat, you had to take the chair with you outdoor outside. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, do not take your mask off in here. I'm like, I need water. And they're like, well, you better, you got to walk all the way down to the end to sip your water through the bottom of your mask, keeping it like this. Sip it up, put it down, walk it back, sitting your chair. They were like, stop. They don't want us leaning over to talk, even though we're 10 feet apart, but you couldn't hear anyone muffled. Yeah, it was a mess. (laughs) It was, yeah, some of the longest jobs I've ever done, luckily in New York, because New York was ahead of us. Uh huh. Because, you know, they they were like (laughs) ground zero. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So they were months ahead of us. So by the time I got there for Maisel, the city was doing better. Okay. In general, we still had really like stringent COVID rules on set to an extent. So I was there with like Marguerite Derricks and we were living in the same apartment building and taking Ubers together to work. And they were like, you know, you really shouldn't be taking Ubers together. I'm like, if she's sick, I'm like, right. Does not matter? It's like you're a couple, basically you're sharing the the air. Yeah. A literal couple for six months literal couple we were sharing it and when we weren't in rehearsal we were together in one of our apartments watching tv because we were there together alone 
Like, what else are we going to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You're sharing the same air. Literally sharing the same air. So that was what that was. And it was still like in rehearsals for Maisel, on set for Maisel, goggles and a face mask. Just dehydrated and not breathing. (laughs) My face, my poor skin, you know how those masks are on your skin. They just tear it up just like raw in the winter in New York. (laughs) Oh my God. And you've been... You've been uh, assisting Marguerite for your entire Ever. career. Forever. I started dancing for her in 2003. Right. It's a long time ago. It's, I was it's like, like pretty much 20 years ago. Yes. I had, I'd moved in to LA in 2000, 2001. I started assisting her in, or no, dancing for her in 2003. Probably started learning to assist her in 2004 and like assisting her as of 2005. Like that was my journey. And I went from assistant to associate choreographer with her. So, and when you were touring, which you actually did a big chunk, right? Actually not Mm -hmm. super, not super earlier in your career, kind of later, right? No, kind of after I started, my first tour was in 20. Well, I did a tour in 2003, but that didn't, it was American Idol, but that was a short little summer tour. But yeah, nothing like what you did later. No, my first, like, big gone for two year kind of tour was 2012 was when that started. So that was 2012 to 2014. And I had three days in between pink and Katy Perry. That's right. I remember, I remember that because it was like, you guys just bounced from one to the other. We literally were, we were given like the offer Two weeks before tour was over. And did, did everybody from the cast of Pink go to Katy Perry? No. Just you and Tracy? Just, Tracy, myself, and Kassan. Oh, okay. So they okay. wanted three aerialists for Katy, um, but they wanted three aerialists that were dancers. And we were literally, they knew that Pink was ending on like a Friday. Wow. And Katy was starting on Monday. The tour or rehearsals? The tour rehearsals. Tour so we rehearsals. went from okay. two years of tour straight into two months of rehearsal. Because you know those tour rehearsals are long. Oh, and they're intense. They're intense. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're intense. No, I know. It's that's when I got that's when I got hurt at the most intense point of a tour rehearsal process. Always. Yeah. Always. It's like everyone is tired. There's so much happening. Mm-hmm. It's a whirlwind of everything. And it's like, go full out. And you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's watching because time's a ticking. Yeah. Time's a ticking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When did you meet your husband? Was it? 2017. So you already met him and then you were touring. Yes. I will actually... I I'd done that chunk of tour. So I did 2012 to 2014, 2014 to 2016. I did like two or three summer tours. Like I kind of popped Chris Brown. And while doing that, I was also like doing stuff for Marguerite. Right. Like, I was, that's what I was going to ask. Like, was she like, mm-hmm. where's my assistant? Oh, she was like, you're home. Let's go. <laughs> And we did. We hit that ground running. And then I was like, I'm going to go for the summer, but I'll be back. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, all good. So yeah, we, I did a few little summer tours and I think I met him at the end of Chris Brown. 
in 2017. We met October, 2017. And then right after that, I went into the next tour for Pink. Oh, her, the, the most recent. Yes. Yes. Not the most, most recent, but the, the, it was 20, it started in 2017 rehearsals through 2019. Okay. And the pandemic happened. Okay. Yes. Right. Well, we were done with tour. Okay. You you guys were done anyway. I mean, your career is so interesting to me because you actually kind of did a reverse. Like you did so much of your performance stuff after you were already kind of like, um, yeah, you were already doing the production stuff. Yeah. I was, it's what people say is like, um, cause you know, commercial work is so it's like, it's really good work. Yeah. Money <laughs> You're at home. You make your residuals. Yeah. You have your union status. I did all of that up until like 2011. And then I started touring. Right. Yeah. And that wasn't, that wasn't like an on purpose. Thing. Right. I right. Right. Forever. I was happy with the commercial world. That was like, I, I enjoyed being home and working uh-huh. and just yeah. like, you know, going from gig to gig to gig that like totally worked for me. I never thought I would tour. Right. Never and then, you know, like our, our, our community, I was, you know, I had heard about that. I was like, Oh, that's cool. Because you get to, you get to do both. Whereas like mm-hmm. other people, they take the more normal or, the or they do the more normal track where they tour and then they, they're at home and then they're, they're doing the commercial work. But the other thing for all those uh, listeners out there who are just like, who, what, who are these people with these careers? Because these careers don't happen anymore for the most part. No, no like nope. I had, you know, a couple of, you know, you and Shannon beach and mm-hmm. um, you know, like Carmen Curtis, like we talk about these careers and it's not that it was so long ago. It's just the, the landscape just changed so much in such a short amount mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm. That, Absolutely. you know, I know a lot of young dancers, young aerialists slash slash now because I'm teaching a lot and they just haven't, it's not the same. And I feel bad about it. I don't it. even know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, who knows what's going to happen yeah. once the world is actually open because we are still in deep in this. We are still in a pandemic. It feels like we're free, but we're not. We are up yeah. in it. People are still like, getting sick. Yeah. One thousand percent. So I don't know if tours are going to hold on to that element, onto the element of aerial. It's it's fun. It's a great, exciting new era like element that you can add to up your game, but it's a costly element. Yeah. It comes with great risk. There is great reward, but there's great risk. And I just don't know that people coming back getting back to it are going to want to invest into the, in, in that per se, per se, like sit downs in Vegas. Perfect. Yeah. A lot of artists are doing those residencies. That's where you put the aerial apps. Yeah. But on the road, I just, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be a thing. It feels like it's like, I could be completely wrong, but it felt like it was like coming to an end, like that particular chapter. Yeah. And there was, there's been chapters of things, you know, like Mm -hmm. the Britney Spears, the NSYNC, all those, those shows. And then there was Mm -hmm. no Ariel in those show. Well, kind of not really though. Cher Cher was doing it. 
Mm-hmm. And but then, she was doing, wasn't she doing her sit down first? Oh, I have no idea. I have to ask. Because that's a, also a Roger Davies production. The things you got to remember, like who was the management? Right, right, right. The choreographer. Roger Davies manages Cher and Pink. Right. So they, they have Janet like Jackson. a, they have like you know a, I mean? like, yeah. Yeah. There's like a commonality there of, of what they're mm-hmm. looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also Baz Haplin. Yeah. 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 Thing. So like, yeah. And Baz, Baz, Baz wanted, actually, you know, he was Taylor Swift too, right? Yep. Yeah. There yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. When Baz is on it, there's going to be some aerialists. Air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So for, I love that I don't plan these things. It just goes and it's nicer that way. The conversation. <laughs> so, because it is actually a very unique uh, thing, dancer aerialist. So when we say dancer aerialist, what, what we mean, what I think we mean is a person who could do both equally, mm-hmm. not a dancer who does a little aerial or an aerialist who does a little dancing. There's plenty exactly. of those people. Yep. What we're talking about is a person who does both and they could do the like do away with one, they'd still get hired for the other, right? Yeah. There are very few of us. Yes. <laughs> very few. I want to say very, 20. Yes. I don't know if there's 20. You think there's less? I think they're like, maybe. Ooh. Yeah. I no, it's a very small amount of 10, people. But I think I'm like overestimating. Like I'm talking like, like you are a trained dancer, Carrie. I'm talking trained dancers and then trained aerialists that trained aerial and at a circus school and are trained aerialists. Now, you know what I mean? Like you've done all the training, all the years of training in both categories. That is what I'm like. I know people that used to dance back in the day. Right. Right. I don't call them dancer aerialists. Yeah. It, it is a literally a person who can get hired for one or the other, but not both. That is who we're talking about. And it is a Mm -hmm. very small amount of people here in LA Mm -hmm. because uh, why is the question? I I would almost say it's just like the amount of time that takes. Is that, is that what we think? I honestly think it's, well, nowadays, I think it has way more to do with like social media and being that relevant dancer because everyone wants to be like the TikTok star now. Yeah. So that's that. why I think it'll it'll never be what it was. Our generation was closer to that because we had people of our generation teaching that were like circus born or circus stars and it was inspiring. But we come from a dance background, so it's easier for us to to like kind of merge and pick up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think you would have necessarily wanted to do aerial. If you didn't have your starting ground, you had like such a great foundation. Dance is huge. It translates so well. And then you look really nice in the air. (laughs) Yeah. It it definitely makes a huge difference. And then dancers have a certain drive. We have this just like this want and need to be better. So once you get into it and get, get going at it, you're like, I can do this. I'm going to master this just like I did dance. But I'll tell you, I'll, I'll offer, I'll offer a caveat to that, which, which is, <laughs> I cannot tell you how many dancers who are in the commercial world trying to make it, who, mm-hmm. who pop into class and 
there are a multiple amount of reasons why they don't stick with it. One being time, because when you're working as a dancer, trying to figure out the time to be consistent with your training is- And the cost. And the cost of it is very challenging. So that's number one, I think. For the people who are really Mm -hmm. driven, that's number one. Mm. Number two, it's just so hard. I think it's just (laughs) so hard. Like It's not just like a hard workout. If you leave it for three weeks, you've went back three steps. Mm-hmm. And so like, if they can't at the beginning for sure, it's, it's yeah. you don't gain that muscle memory until much later. No, no. And depending on your body, like for, for me, mm-hmm. I, you know, I still struggle with it, especially, you know, I have to come back to it twice because I broke my leg in half right. 10 years ago. And then I had the yeah, baby and like coming yeah. back, it was just like, my body was, you know, it's like, I don't, you know, like I do aerials five days a week now. I don't look, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> This arm, it's not that big. <laughs> we are, we've, we've matured. So yeah, life, you know, bodies are different. Don't tell, don't tell me that. I don't want to hear it. It's just, <laughs> what, what are you, what are you, that. what are you saying? That when I'm 45, it's going to be a little harder. No, don't tell me that. So, um, all right. So I've seen that and, you know, back in, you know, 2000 and, 11, I remember telling Meredith, Meredith Ostrowski, our good friend. I was like, in in, um, 10 years, this field is going to be so saturated. There's going to be so many dancer aerialists and we're not going to have these jobs anymore because all these younger ones would have come up and it didn't really happen. It never happened. Is that weird to you or is it just weird to me? It is. No, it is. It's a strange thing. Yeah. It's strange. It should have, because everything else has happened that way. Right. Yeah. Dance in general has become so sad. Like there are always, I think maybe we're looking at from a dancer perspective Uh, as dancers, there's always like the new young group coming in. Yeah. And there's, and they're so talented. Right under you. Yeah. So talented. So talented. So different though. So different. It's a different style. It's a different time. It's a different type of dancer now. Completely. Okay. How would you characterize that though? Like, how are they different? uh, There's everyone wants to be an artist. Like they don't want to be standing behind somebody. Is that what it is? Yes. Everyone wants to be the premier, the front and center, the solo artist. But they're not singers. You're not talking about a singer dancer. You're talking about a dancer. A dancer. (laughs) That makes me giggle. (laughs) That's just, that's just what you make up in your head. You're always going to be behind somebody. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I love it. But a lot of, a lot of dancers now don't train with that in mind. They don't train thinking most gigs are ensemble. They train thinking there's going to be a principal role. But in saying that, they're not doing it as if they're going to Broadway. (laughs) They're doing it as if that is what's going to fly in the commercial industry. And sometimes it does. Sometimes there's that commercial, like the Apple commercial that you did, where you need to be a principal. Right. But most times not. Yeah. (laughs) Most times you need to blend 
but you need to be strong, but you need to blend. You know what I mean? And that is not what is out there now. That's, that's been, very interesting. Auditions. Okay. Okay. No, you're, you're exposed to the younger dancers. I am not as much. I'm exposed mm-hmm. to the young aerialists. Yeah. Well, holding castings, giving it, cause you know, with COVID everything is like, we send a video off of the choreography. Uh-huh. They learn it, send a video back to us, man. There are so many versions <laughs> of the easiest choreography. <laughs> I'm like, that is a different version of what I just taught and counted for you. It's just, it's, it's strange. Well, it's this, um, what you're saying is because individuality is so revered in mm-hmm. that TikTok social media, social media world. Yeah. Uh, but yes, you and I were trained. I remember when I first moved here, I was told by many, many people, they're like, your job is not to look like you. Your job is to look like if you're learning from Dave Scott, you need to try to look like Dave Scott. Like Dave Scott. Never, ever looked like Dave Scott, but tried. (laughs) Same. Never looked. Never looked like Brian Friedman, but tried really hard. That legit just, you brought me back to a job I did for Dave. Oh my God. So hard. Well, and he was choreographing for two women, for myself and another woman to dance behind Flo Rider. And he's like, he's going, right? And he's mm-hmm. trying to give us sexy moves. And I was like, but you know, in his Davisms. So he's like popping and locking uh-huh. while he's like being sexy. So we tried our darndest. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's so hard to copy. I don't, the only person uh, who can copy him is his assistant. And he was on the Christine. spot. He was, he was on the spot. He was basically freestyling and like, you got that? And we're like, what? Yep. <laughs> sure don't. <laughs> no clue. But it was uh, it was an exercise and it was a very good exercise years and years and years going to different people's classes, trying to dance like them when absolutely could never, ever, 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 ever. Dave Scott, uh, not Dave Scott, Super Dave, Super Dave. I would try Dave. to dance like Super Dave. You guys, I'm going to bring links to all of this because this this conversation has gone deep into dance land. And this, these are aerialists that we're talking to. So Super Dave is one of the smoothest, smoothest, smoothest cats. Oh my he God. he just he just like floats on. He just floats. And I would like. He floats on a bed of clouds. It's insane. It's insane. And he's dancing in socks. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And then I've be, I been in his class every single week trying to copy him. This is hilarious yeah. to me, but over time that really turns into something yeah. of trying to really blend, like take another person's style just for that hour and a half and really because try to do it. Do every gig. Yeah. Every gig, that person's style. Yeah. And try you know to, and I mean? try to, and but try to Ariel, clean up with yes. the other dancers around you. Yeah. Ariel has, a, has an element of that also, like depending on what job you're on, Everyone has a different style of choreography, right? Yeah. They have a different way or a different artistry that they bring to their choreography. It is that way in Ariel 100%. So if I'm doing someone else's chore, like if I'm doing Tanya's choreography versus Rachel Bowman, very different. They are different styles, but they can both do each other's styles. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's, it's just, it's the same thing. You just do it in the air holding your hand, your life in one hand <laughs> instead of on the ground, sneakers dancing on concrete. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. So Bean, what's wrong? Oh, she needs help with her headphones. One second. Uh Oh, she does pretty good though. Right. Mario? 
She does she's good. great. I didn't even know she was there still. No, she's she's oh, listening to her music. So her pop is that musician and she's got me and she's just she's she's listening. Listeners can't see my head. She goes, Shh. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what she does. <laughs> so L'Oreal, being being on tour with Pink and Katy Perry. So you're you're dancing yeah. on the ground, you're you're in the air. What would you say about your experience as a performer in that type of job and how it's different than if you were only doing one or the other? My husband would say it's gnarly. On your body. It's gnarly in general. Okay. Literally. So it's really funny being, like you said, an equal aerial aerialist dancer you are utilized as such. You're used and abused. You are literally like, they're like, we need you in every dance number because you're a dancer. Yeah. And you know, touring, doing dance numbers, it can be intense. Oh, that's, that's already, that's a, that's the job already. You would have already gotten your paycheck for that. Yes. And then they're like, but we also need a few really like elaborate, extravagant aerial numbers. And these are not numbers that happen during the dance numbers. These are happening outside of the dance numbers. So while the dancers are downstairs sipping their water, <laughs> we're up in the air. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's the I thing for these, these tours that, you know, you're the bang for their buck because they're not oh, hiring two people well, for two jobs. They're hiring one person for two jobs. Well, but we got paid for two jobs. Okay. Well, there's that, which you get paid for two jobs. Yeah. So like, I would have never done it if it wasn't negotiated for me to be paid like two people. This is great. That's the only way I would do it. Well, yeah, yeah, because you're, you're, um, you have no break in the entire show. Yeah. Then hire me just as a dancer. It'll be easier. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, it's, you know, it's easier just to be on the ground. So if I'm going to get up there and tax my body in that way. And, and actually like, I have like this great camaraderie with Tracy and Kassan and we negotiate physical therapy. So we were able to negotiate PT for all of our tours. Oh my God. That's great. With us. So we have physical therapists on tour with us and. And yeah, you needed it. We were, yeah. We were taken care of because it was necessary your body breaks down, you know? So definitely I remember, we'll never forget this, Tracy Kassan and I dancing on Katy Perry doing like, I mean, our opening number was nine minutes long and it started with Tracy and I flying in the air and flying towards each other at a diagonal with spears in our hands. That's how the, <laughs> that's how the, the nine minute number started. It so, was, it was flying. So you were on a harness. No, we were in a hand loop because we had our other hand uh, okay. flying by one arm. We had to go all the way up to the ceiling and fly straight down, like towards each other. Like we went diagonal to the corners and her stage was monstrous. It was like a hundred feet across. So it was like all the way up with 20 pound spears in our hand coming at each other. So that's how it started. <laughs> And it went for nine minutes. It included running on treadmills for two minutes <laughs> with the same spears in your hand. And it included a speed jump rope section. 
Oh my God, the calories yeah. that are getting spent. The calories. We're like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've never been so small in my entire life. We were eating. Tracy and I, our joke was we would eat our dessert before our dinner. Every night at the show, we would go to the dessert table first because we needed to start the sugar intake. Right, right. And then we would consume a large meal after. Right. And then go into the show. because And we were eating like bananas and apples during the show. So that was one experience. Another experience was Tracy and I were supposed to do a net number and as spiders, but the net that they, because you know how it is on tours, sometimes it's lost in translation. So they built this big net that was not, you couldn't do anything on it. Oh. It was like climbing a rope, a rope ladder at a kitty park. You're like <laughs> all over the place getting rope burned. So it turned into a duet for Tracy and I, cause they were like, God forbid you just not be in that. <laughs> You're going to, cause guess what? Your dancer Ariel is. So we did a duet and we did acro in heels. This is awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> oh, I just thought I just thought of another one. Fernando Miro. Yeah. He's another one. Wait, who is? Fernando. Oh, Fernando. Yeah, but how are you still up to 20 or are you still <laughs> down? I'm trying to count, but I I I hadn't even thought of him. No, that's what I'm I saying. Would, yeah. Are you still at 20? No, no, I'm just coming. I just, I just like dreamed up a number because I'm like, it couldn't still be just 10 people. It's 10 people easily. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then also like, I, I'm not dancing as much now, but at, at, you know, I have it in my body. No one is. Yeah. <laughs> Mer- Meredith. Well, she's not really dancing in magic. Mike. She's not dancing right now. No, she's, well, she's, she does the wet dream act. Yeah. Sometimes. Exactly. But it's, yeah. 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 So interesting. I really hope that this audience even cares about this conversation because I think that this conversation I would just probably have with I you by myself. I know. <laughs> Your career as an aerialist is very different than like Leslie Vaughn, who's on love, you know, it's so, mm-hmm. it's so different. And your career is very different from mine because I did a little touring, but yeah. you know, I had jobs that were different versions of that, you know, it was, it wasn't mm-hmm. the same. And so I had a different experience. Um, we, when we talk about Tracy Shabbat, Tracy Shabbat is the other person that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, you guys definitely had more of your aerial life on stage more than. We had more time as far as our aerial careers are concerned on stage, but I did like a lot of award shows as an aerialist. Oh, you like did. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was like before I even started touring. That was like, I'd say starting in like 2009, uh, I was doing I like the AMAs or um, MTV, like movie awards and MTV stuff like that. MTV like, movie awards. Whew. Yeah. Like that. Remember those? Yeah. It was a long time remember ago. That, <laughs> that network <laughs> called MTV. My age is Um, so yeah, that kind of a thing is what was happening. And it was like, I mean, those are the like fun, easy gigs where it's like, you're just going to be in a harness. You're going to be lifted up into the grid 
which is 200 feet in the air and you just rappel in. And it's like, that is fun. That yeah, like, because you don't have to tear up your body on a tour. It's it's just it's you. a one it's a one off. Wham bam. Well, and you were also, and I don't know if this was it, it must have been like 2009-ish, but you were doing Mental Head Circus for Terry yes. Beeman. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember you did this Lyra act. I, I just remember it because at the time to me, like an ankle hang was like, whoa. And it still is whoa. It is because it feels like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) and it's still, whoa, because I still won't do it. But like my, my, my experience of seeing Ariel, of course, is way different now. Right. So nothing makes me do that anymore. Unless you're like, Mm. even like a hair hang. We're like, we've seen that, you know, like everything's been seen. But I remember you did this like heel hang on Lyra at the King King and all I remember thinking besides whoa was like her booty looks perfect because you did like <laughs> you like did like the like upside down plie where you like bent your knees and stuck your butt, oh, butt yeah. up a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was like the perfect <laughs> floating booty. That booty comes from dance. Dance builds that booty. Only thing that builds that booty is dance. Well, I've got a booty for in the world. Asian girl, but then my yeah. daughter has like the perfect booty c- coming out of the womb. Oh, I love it. It's the cutest I thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, perfect booty. Uh, Terry, Terry Beeman, who is uh, a legend. If you guys have never seen yes. his stuff, he is in you that need to know who Terry Beeman LA, is. you know, I, I have a lot of uh, listeners who do not live in the States. And yeah. so this is a very LA based world that I live in over here. Vegas. Also, mm-hmm. I talk to Vegas people all the time mm-hmm. and I'm, I, I feel very outside of that circle. Mm-hmm. Very much. It's a very different circle. I know my Vegas circle is a little broad. It's it's broad. It's pretty broad. Okay. Um, I assisted Marguerite on LaRev. So the LaRev like, peeps. I, all the LaRev peeps. And also anytime we've done Ariel on tour, we build and workshop in Vegas. Okay. So we use Armando typically in his space and we he customs all of our pieces. Oh, that guy is just a genius. Yeah. But we also like, for instance, Little Mermaid. I choreographed the aerial for Little Mermaid on ABC Live and we use Foy. So we were there in their warehouse for two weeks. That was, oh, Tanya was on that. Tanya yeah. was on that. And then I had another friend on Sagiv that. was on it. Um, Sagiv. And then. I guess uh, Sagiv. We had. My um, half Asian friend. What's her name? Oh, yes. And Sarah. Yes. Sarah Vaughn. She was our um, Auli E double, but Auli actually did all of her stuff. And she was the vocalist. Yes. She was the Auli vocalist. Auli was incredible. She, when she was in school, she was a synchronized swimmer ah. and high diver. So she had that natural ability. So when we put her in a harness, she was fine. She was like, oh, I had to do this. This is how I learned how to dive. We're like, oh. So you guys, cool. you guys choreographed the f- ground and aerial for that. Yes. Okay. I watched that. I, it was a pandemic. There was nothing else to watch. So <laughs> just full she disclosure. Come on. But she was so young. I mean, now it would yeah, have been she different. Was so young. <laughs> she was so young back then, but I watched it and it was, it moved fast. Those yeah, acts move fast. How did you guys, I mean, I remember Tanya being like, 
like telling us like the wires were so close. Yeah. And getting crossed was so easy. How did you guys mm-hmm. do that exactly? <sighs> Man. <laughs> Luckily, no blood. Right. Basically, I spent many, many hours programming. Many, many, many hours. With the with Foy autom- people. With the Foy people. It was, it was rough. It was rough. It was a lot of, you can't have another inch because we need this for lighting. And I was like, well, I need that for a body. (laughs) I need that inch. It was a lot of that. And a lot of programming to make everything work. Right. Cause there's a light grid and then the aerial was getting hung above it. It was hung below the light grid. Okay. But the light grid actually tracked up and down depending on what they needed for lighting. Okay. Yeah. So there's so a lot of, had, lot of people asking for a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Departments. And, and the aerialists are not the most important aspect of it. That is in everything you do. Oh yeah. We are, we're an accessory. They're like, well, we could just not have aerial. So I'm like, we're going to make it work. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. At the same time, without it, it. it's not, I mean, yeah, high, high reward, high reward on those productions. High reward. So for me, it was your wires are going to be close. And that is why we hired professionals. So you should not be swinging when you spin. You should be right under your point. Uh You should just ride the track and you should be able to see everything that's happening around you in the air. Because if you can't, that means that you shouldn't be on this gig. That's how that went. Yeah. So we put the right people in the right places. Cause I was like, if you know, and we actually, for that job, it was, we hired aerialists, aerialists. There were two people that were aerial dancers. Everyone else was an aerialist. Yeah. Like a legit circus. What they do like every day. And like in La Rev prior like previously yeah like in some other Cirque show previously that's those were the people that we hired well and then yeah and for my uh, listeners out there who are not professional and are not, not trying to be like when when we're teaching stuff like like not orbiting while you're spinning yes it it really matters later on there's no purpose <laughs> it really it really matters uh, when we're on these jobs and it's always pressure and it's always a lot of money mm-hmm. on the line and there's always mm-hmm. like time is ticking. Spatial awareness is huge, especially in the air. When, for instance, like you're teaching a class and someone is hanging by their knees and you say, I want you to take your right leg off the lira," and someone goes to lift their left leg and they're lifting their leg into a spin and it cuts the spin and then they slow down. They don't know why it happened because you did not realize you lifted the wrong leg because you were inverted. You have to have spatial awareness in the air. And then there's things like there's flying wires because there's props that are flying and lights that are flying. And then I have a person in the air. So you have to have that spatial awareness in the air as well as on the ground. And that is why we hired straight up air. Yes. What's wrong? Listen. I'm almost done because, and the, the <laughs> fact that you haven't had to go away to feed your child is amazing. Cause we're just talking like no, we have no responsibilities. No, I took it. I nursed him. He went to sleep at, he was like ready for sleep right when the nanny got here. So I had him sorted. 
this child wants to, she just, she just wanted, she just wanted a little bit of, of, uh, attention, a little love and attention. Um, yeah, it's, you know, like when the other day I was like standing and this, the student says, I'm going to hit you. I was like, no, I know where I am. Yeah. Uh, I, I can see you. I, I know where but I am. It's fine. You're, yeah. you're fine. Um, L'Oreal, I appreciate you so much. And I would, I would venture to say, I would like to do eventually a second part where we actually talk about your child. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we're we were not just catching up. Yeah. You guys, here's the thing. <laughs> we haven't seen each other in years. This is so fun. <laughs> like we needed to catch up. You guys can catch up on what we're talking about later. Yeah, let's let's have this is gonna be gibberish to everyone else. No, it's not. Listen, it's not because people still need to know the stuff. It's really important because this this information only gets passed through people. It's not like That's true. you know, if there's any dancer aerialists out there who are budding little yeah. budding little mm. little little stars, it's a good thing little to know flowers. because. Yeah. You know, there's a good chance that the wave will come back mm-hmm. and artists, there's artists at some point are going to be like, no, we need Ariel again. There's not enough wow factor in our show. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to happen again. Well, they need to know them wires are going to be flying at your head. <laughs> <laughs> you got to know where you are in space. Yeah. You better know where you are in space. Gotta in know. Time. Um, oh, look at this bee. Right? Yeah. That's right. Look at, look at, she's so smiling. Look at this. That's smile. right. You better give them those cheeks. I can't. Oh. All right, guys. We did kind of go down an LA dance world rabbit hole. So if you want, go to show notes and I left links for all the people and different groups that we talked about so you can catch up on all those choreographers and dancers. Um, in the show notes, uh, check it out. So on my website, um, Arrow Rehab and Wrap Your Head Around Silks courses, they're currently waitlisted, but you can get yourself on that. Uh, roll it out. Our virtual live classes coming soon. And of course, if you just want uh, a free, free, the free mini course uh, is there for you anytime. Really easy to log on to the student portal. Thank you, L'Oreal, for carving out the time. And thank you, Asa Watkins, sound engineer. And uh, we are now part of the Digitent Podcast Network. So check that out anywhere you find your podcasts and also greener grass. If you by any chance just want to hear more of the sound of my voice uh, over there, we have a much broader world. It's all about ordinary people living extraordinary lives. And we interview everybody from like amazing, famous animators to CEOs of corporate corporate companies. We had a CEO of a bra company. We just interviewed um, Raphael Luce, who plays the young Vegna, Vecna in, in uh, Stranger Things season four. Uh, lots more to come there. This week we're dropping um, Hami Mahani from 6am run podcast. He's also the CEO of 6am run, which creates a wellness and nutritional um, products for athletes. So all like-minded kind of in the same ballpark, but uh, I think you guys might really be into it. So, so I'll leave links for that. Anyways, I really appreciate you guys. Let me know if you have 
any thoughts on guests, if you'd like to be on the podcast, you can always email Carrie at wrapyourheadaroundsilks.com. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next time. Over it out. This is the Expecting Realist. Oh, 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 o